tonight we're going to be talking about a, a thing that is really, I don't know if it's such a good topic to talk about because some of you might leave when I, when I mention the title and that is Flee From Your Feelings. Yo. Um, <laughs> isn't it so nice to see young people worshipping God and loving God and... Um, I've been a youth pastor for many, many years, and I just love this. I just love seeing you guys. I just love all of you. We had most of you at our house this afternoon. It was so good. Um, but I want to uh, say that butterflies, those butterflies you're feeling in your stomach right now, I'm not saying run from those. I'm not saying if you're sitting next to the person that you really like, maybe here somewhere, you're sitting next to someone you like, but they don't know it yet. Don't, don't run away from that. I'm not talking about those feelings. I'm just saying, be careful. Pastor George spoke about the butterfly effect for the last two weeks. And what a great series that was. And I'm just saying that if we delve too deep into our feelings and we allow our feelings to take control of us, the butterfly effect is gonna happen. Because something that we might be feeling now is gonna cause us a lot of pain and heartache if we always just give in to our feelings. So I want to talk about that, if that's okay tonight. It might be a little bit um, confronting, but the Bible is the good news, and there's always a but at the end. So the first part might sound terrible, but there's a good part at the end, and I want you to know that. Um, I'm not sure whether you guys have flown a lot, but my family and I have flown quite a bit around the world, and one of the most peaceful things that I find is when you're flying over a major city in the world at night and you see these peaceful lights down at the bottom there. It's just the most amazing feeling. And I think I found a, a picture there of that. Um, it, it just makes me so peaceful. But then as soon as the plane hits the tarmac or the, or the landing gear hits the tarmac, hopefully the plane doesn't hit the tarmac, when it lands, then chaos starts because then people start getting their stuff together and the, the cabin crew need to get people to sit down and they need to tell them to keep your seat belts on until the, until the sign goes off and they open up the overhead and no one's listening to anyone and they're standing in the line and they're waiting to get out the door. I don't know where they're going because the door needs to, the plane needs to stop and the door needs to open. And we as a family have decided we're just gonna sit there and wait for everyone and look how silly they are. They're standing there. And then by the time we get to the carousel to get our bags, the same people who stood in the front at the door are, are still waiting there. And then we've got our bags, and then some of those people's bags don't arrive, and they lost their bags, and they're still waiting at the airport, and we long gone. So that, that, the, there's chaos that happens when the plane lands. So what I want to say is that sometimes our feelings look beautiful from far. But sometimes our feelings are far from beautiful. Sometimes the feelings that we have can get us into serious trouble. A simple feeling can lead to a life of chaos. So Romans chapter 7 verses 18 to 19. This is such a confusing verse. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So we want to do things that are good, but we don't do them, we do things that are bad. 
I don't understand why we do things that are bad if we want to do the good things, but we end up doing the bad things even though we want to do the good things. And that becomes completely chaotic in our lives. And that is, I want you to know that Paul wrote this. Paul was a guy that wrote half of the New Testament and he had an issue with this. He was a, a solid Christian. He loved Christ. He, he did everything in his life for him. And he struggled with this. So I, I just want to say to you, if you're struggling with, with, with some feelings that you get in your life that, you, that you're really just struggling to deal with them, it, it's, I'm not going to say it's okay, but it's, but it's human. It's, it's something that, that is part of our sinful nature. Now in Romans 7, Paul is talking about the law. And when we talk about the law, we often have a negative connotation to the law. I just want you to know that the law is good. The law that God gave is good. And we so often say, man, thank goodness that we don't live under the law anymore because the law was so bad and the, Lord was, the law was so difficult to follow. But the law is actually something really good. The problem is not with the law. The problem is with our sinful hearts. That's where the problem comes in. The law is a good thing. God gave us the law so we know what to do and how to do it and what to do correct. But we can't do it because we've got a rebellious, sinful heart. I heard a story about a hotel in Florida. Um, <clears throat> there's like a balcony or a, a deck, I suppose. So this hotel is built like almost in the sea. And these guys were getting a bit worried. The hoteliers were getting a bit worried that people were going to catch fish from the deck. So they put a sign up there and they said, no fishing from this deck. But lo and behold, as soon as they put the sign up, everyone started fishing. It's the heart that we have. When we know we can't do something, we want it. When we know that something is wrong for us, we want it. And that's what Satan does. He wants us to want the things that we shouldn't want. And then we actually start chasing after that. And these guys thought to themselves, man, this sign is a waste of time. I'm going to take this sign off and I'm going to throw it away. And as soon as they threw it away, no one fished from the deck because they didn't think about it. It seems as if soon as we are told we can't do something, then we think of doing it. As soon as we are told we can't do something, then we want to do it because of our sinful nature. And I want to use one or two examples from Scripture, if that's okay, tonight. 2 Samuel 11, verses 2 to 4. You probably know the story. It's, it's like X-rated, so if anyone is too young to listen to it, block their ears. But late afternoon, David got up from taking his nap and was strolling on the roof of the palace. From his vantage point on the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was stunningly beautiful. Now, that's okay up to there. If David just said, whoa, she's beautiful, and he walked away, everything would have been okay. His feeling of acknowledgement of someone's beauty turned into lust. And if we allow our feelings to turn into something they're not supposed to be, just because Satan is the one that wants us to think that way, we're in trouble. What did David do? David sent to ask about her and was told, isn't that Bathsheba, daughter of Iliam, and wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sends his agents to get her. After she arrived, he went to bed with her, and he didn't sleep. He was a good man. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> 
He stayed awake. He probably eventually slept. He was a good man. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that God said, this is someone after my own heart who I love. He's a man that God anointed amazingly. He's a man that was probably the most famous and the biggest and the most um, prestigious king in the history of the world. And this man fell because he allowed his feelings to control him. His feelings turned into lust and lust took over. He dropped his guard. That wasn't all he dropped. No, no. no. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> you see what your minds are doing. No, that's unacceptable. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to look at another example. Acts chapter 4 verse 36. Joseph, called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of comfort, a Levite born in Cyprus, and that's actually, the only reason I put that up there, it's got nothing to do with what I'm preaching about. It's just, Pastor George, you, um, we just wanted you acclimatized to, to Cyprus. You're leaving on Wednesday. We just wanted to say to you, have an amazing trip. You're going to a holy place. It's mentioned in the Bible. May God bless your trip, and may you have an amazing time away. Right, um, that had nothing to do with anything. Acts, Acts 5 verses 1 to 11. <laughs> Acts 5 verses 1 to 11. This is quite a long one. And, and this is a, a scripture that, um, it disturbs me a little bit. It's like, it's quite hectic. So you, I'm sure you know it. But a man named Ananias, his wife Sapphira, conniving in, his, um, in this with him, sold a piece of land, secretly kept part of the price for himself, and then brought the rest of the apostles and made an offering of it. Peter said, Ananias, how did Satan get you to lie to the Holy Spirit and secretly keep back part of the price of the field? Before you sold it, it was all yours. And after you sold it, the money was yours to do with as you wished. So what got into you to pull a trick like this? You didn't lie to men, but to God. And then Ananias, when he heard these words, fell down dead. That's like hectic stuff. I mean, Ananias was a good man. He, he sold a piece of land to give to the church, to care about people. The problem wasn't when he had a generous heart. The problem was when his heart turned to greed. And that's what happens when we, when we um, mull over our feelings and we allow our feelings to control us. And this is exactly what happened with Ananias. And then his poor wife, that put the fear of God into everyone. I think it would put the fear of God into us as well if that happened. The younger men went right to work and wrapped him up, then carried him out and buried him. Not more than three hours later, his wife, knowing nothing of what had happened, came in and Peter said, tell me, where, uh, were you given this price for the field? Yes, she said. That price, Peter responded, what's going on here? That you connive to uh, conspire against the spirit of the master. The men who buried your husband are at the door and you're next. I mean, that's, that's like really hectic. And then no sooner were the words out of his mouth than she fell down dead. When the young men returned, they found her body. They must have been tired of carrying bodies and there was another one. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. But this time, the whole church, and in fact, everyone who heard of these things had a healthy respect for God. And maybe we need to start getting that healthy respect for God. I'm, I'm not saying God's gonna smite us down because we're doing something wrong, but I'm just saying maybe it's time that we start respecting who God is. The Word says that the beginning of wisdom 
is the fear of God. We need to begin to fear God again and not be scared of Him, but just have this utmost respect for Him, for who He is. Sometimes I think we take Him a little bit lightly. And that's just my opinion. These were both very good people. They had very good intentions. They were very generous with their money. They wanted to sell a land that they had and give the money to the church. But then the feeling of greed took over and that's the problem. So I want to ask you this evening, how are you and I doing with our feelings? Are we entertaining them or are we fleeing from them? I just want to say don't entertain your feelings. And I'm not saying feelings of love and feelings of, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying when those feelings of, I want to do what I want to do and I don't care about anyone else. And we'll look into that a little bit later, but don't entertain your feelings. The world is telling us differently. The world is telling you and I, do whatever you feel like. Doesn't matter what it is, if you have that same repetitive feeling over and over again, then go with it. Don't, don't hold back. Why do you want to hold back? The world is telling us our feelings are who we are. Your feelings are your identity. That's who you are. You can't run away from your feelings. But I want to ask this question. Have we forgotten what society actually is or supposed to be? When society was first, I suppose, created, when people started living together, they started realizing that I can't just do what I want to do there's other people I need to consider because we're living with other people. We need to consider them. But we seem to sometimes forget that Satan wants to put into our heads, do whatever you want to do. Don't worry about anyone else. I just want to remind us all that the Ten Commandments is all about, not about us. It's about God and it's about our neighbours. It's not about us. It's not saying love yourself. It's not saying it's all about you. Do whatever you want to do. It's saying, love the Lord your God. There's no other God above Him. It's saying, care about your neighbours. It's saying, honour your father and your mother. It's saying all those things. And we are making it about us. And society is not supposed to do that. Society is supposed to be caring for each other. That's what the church does. That's why the church is such a cool society, because we, we care about each other. Well, most of the times we do, we should. We care about each other. That's why there's a police force. That's why there's a judicial system. Because we can't just go out and do what we want to. The other day I was stuck in traffic because there was a strike going on. And if I had a baseball bat in my car, I would have probably given into some feelings that I shouldn't have given into. But God knew better. And I don't play baseball, so everything is fine. Um, we need to be careful not to allow our feelings to take control of us. And while we were living in Australia, we were, my wife and I were both teaching and I was, I was pastoring there. There was someone who told us that there was a school in Brisbane. Brisbane's a beautiful city. I don't know if anyone's been there. It's a beautiful city in Queensland that the weather is perfect. It's just a great place to be. But there's an elite school in Brisbane. Now, you won't believe this. And I didn't believe it, and I had to go Google it, and I found out it's true. There's a school in Brisbane where children are walking around on all fours because they feel they want to be cats. I, I 
I kid you not, go look it up. They cut holes in the back of their skirts for their imaginary tails to hang out. The teachers are entertaining this. This is what's happening. And people ask me, why did we leave Australia? <laughs> Maybe that's one of the reasons. And another reason is the Australian rugby team is absolutely rubbish. Um, I hope no one that's Australian is listening. I'm an Australian citizen and they might provoke our citizenship. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't understand what we're doing. We're giving in to our feelings. And I just want to say following our feelings simply make us animalistic. Because animals don't care what they do, when they do it, they just think about themselves. And that's what we are doing if we are just following our own feelings. Now, Romans 7 verse 24 is a beautiful verse, but it's actually quite, it sounds nasty. What a wretched man I am. This is what Paul says. Who will rescue me from the body of death? What a wretched man I am. Now, that body of death, I, I once heard that kings in those days, really evil kings, would take a corpse and would chain it to the back of a serious criminal. And that serious criminal would have to walk with a corpse chained to his back. And that corpse will start decomposing. And that corpse will start smelling terrible. And that corpse will be heavy to carry around. And that just reminded me of what Paul is saying here. When we are caught up in our feelings because of our carnal um, desires, we are like someone walking around with a corpse strapped to her back. We are carrying this disgusting, stinking thing with us all the time. And so in ourselves, we are doomed. And that's what Paul says. In ourselves, we are doomed. The law says, hear the rules, keep them. But the law doesn't give us the power to keep them. And we struggle to do that. Romans 8 verse 5 those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. So if we are gonna follow our feelings like the word tells us, then we are living according to the flesh. But as born again Christians, we are supposed to live according to the spirit and have the mind set on what the spirit desires. God does not desire for us to be doing things that are gonna be detrimental to ourselves. We think it's nice for us. We think it's good for us. It's like a child thinks certain things are good for them, but they don't know what's good for them. They need parents to guide them in the same way we need God to guide us. A spiritual law cannot help a carnal heart with carnal desires. We need Jesus. We tend to think that not being able to follow our desires is a bad thing. We tend to think if we're not allowed to follow our feelings, then our lives are gonna be boring. How can I not follow my own feelings? My life is gonna be boring if I don't follow them. How is not, or let me rather put it this way, how is being faithful to your husband or your wife a bad thing? How is being generous a bad thing when you want to be greedy? How is Taking a, not taking a drink when you're an alcoholic, a bad thing, even if you're feeling like you want to take one? How is 
Not taking that next injection when you're struggling with drugs, a bad thing if you're feeling you want to do that. How is living a selfless life a bad thing? We shouldn't be following our own feelings because when we do, we're going to get into a serious amount of trouble. Our lives are going to be a mess. This world wants you to believe, but we, or sorry, the world wants you to believe it, but we do not belong to this world. There's a movie, I don't know if any of you have seen this, it's called The Movie 58. Do yourself a favor and go and look for it on Netflix or wherever you look for movies. It's, it's, a, it's a Christian documentary, and it's about the terrible things that are happening around the world. It's about hunger in Africa. It's about children in India that are working in, in mines for the rest of their lives because their parents owe money to greedy people and their children have to pay off their debt. And those five-year-old, six-year-old children are going to be working in those mines for the rest of their lives because they're paying their parents' debt for them. And in that same movie, there's a guy, and every time I watch it, I am snot and trana, I promise you. It's, it's a guy who was an FBI agent, a strong, sturdy-looking guy. He was a, in the police force. He was in the defense force. He worked his whole life among terrible criminals, and it was time for him to retire. So he, he thought, I'm gonna, uh, my wife and I are going to retire in this quiet little place. We're going to have a great time, just relax, Think about ourselves for a change. Not worry about a boss. Just it's going to be all about us. And God had a sense of humor because he sent this poor guy on holiday to India and he went to Calcutta, probably the one of the busiest cities in the world. He wanted to calm down and slow down and live in a small place. And God said, I don't think so, mate. And he took him and this guy, while he was there, saw three, four five-year-old children being sold into sex slavery. He saw little boys and little girls like this who were pumped out to grown men six, seven, eight, nine times a day. And it's shocking and I know it's confronting, but those men that were doing that were following their feelings. They were following their carnal desires. And how is that good? How is that good if we're doing that? And this guy went back home. He said to his wife, this is it. We're selling up, we're moving to Calcutta. What a terrible move to make if you're just thinking about yourself. What an amazing move to make if you're thinking about what God has for your life. And this guy went there and while he's talking, I feel like crying when I think about him. While he's talking, he's in tears. This big, strong guy and he says, this is the most painful thing I've done in my life, but it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I've let alone my own desires and I've followed what God's got for me and now I am reaping the benefits. I've got the most rewarding life in ever that I could ever live. What, a, what an amazing testimony that is. And I just wanna say, if God calls you to the difficult things, don't run because you don't feel like it. Don't run from it because you don't feel like it. Run towards it because God is gonna give you the most amazing reward if you do that. I can promise you that. God is calling us, or, or there's, there's something else I wanted to just add here. 
Um, we need to find the hard things that God calls us to do. We need to leave our selfish feelings behind. And soon we will realize that dying in the flesh brings a lease on life that is filled with God's peace and understanding. And sometimes I think what we do is we take our feelings and we put it into Scripture. We read Scripture the way we want to understand it and the way we want to feel about it. And sometimes we need to take Scripture and put it into our feelings. Sometimes we need to take Scripture and look at our feelings through Scripture. So I just want to finish off with this. God is calling us to leave behind a life of carnal desires. God is calling us to leave behind that life where it's all about me. It's all about me and it's about no one else. God is calling us to leave that behind. Feelings in themselves are not bad. But when we entertain those feelings and it's all about what I want, it's all about what I want to get out of something, that becomes a problem. Let's pray together. Father God, we, we thank you that even though we have a, we, we struggle in life with our feelings, we struggle with this carnal um, desires that we feel all the time because we are just, we're just human and we, um, we are just naturally born uh, with sin in us. And, and we know that, Father God, that that's why you sent your son to die on the cross. That's why we know, Father God, that when, when Paul wrote this word, when he, when he wrote the next chapter, it was all about, Lord Jesus, what you can do for us. We do not live under that feeling or that, that, that bondage of sin anymore. We do not need to drag that dead body of sin tied to us anymore because we've got you in our life. And Lord, you give us the strength to be able to overcome that. And we just want to say thank you, Father God. Thank you tonight that we have you with us. Thank you, Father God, that you can give us the strength to stand strong, to not give in to those carnal desires, to not give in to those, those feelings that is breaking this world because people are too selfish and all they think about is themselves. Your word says no. I want you to think about me first. I am God. I am God. Put me first and then love your neighbour. That's what you're calling us to do. And Father God, this evening, we want to ask you to do that in our lives. We want to ask you, Father, to, to help us to be strong, to help us to look for you. And if there's anyone here tonight, Lord, we've all got problems. We've all got things that we're struggling with. We've all got desires that are dragging us down. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that anyone that's sitting here tonight that is struggling with feelings that are dragging them down, that they will know that you have overcome those feelings. Those, that song we sang about, I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus over my family. I speak Jesus over every single feeling that is getting out of control in our lives because you are in control of our lives when we give, them, give it to you. So I just wanna pray for every person here tonight. I pray that you will give them peace that will surpass all understanding that you will give them that peace, Lord, that, that this world can never offer us, that following every single feeling that we want to follow can never offer us. Only you can. 
And Lord, when we follow you, and even if it's uncomfortable, and even if it means we need to let things behind, we know that we're going to live a life that is so exciting, that is so exciting, Lord. And I just thank you for the life that you called me to live. And I just thank you, Lord God, that you've, years ago, you've made me free from those feelings. And and thank you, Lord God, for what you've done in my life. And I pray that you're going to do the same for so many people here. And I thank you for these young people. I just love them so much, Father, and I know you love them too. And I pray, Father, that growing up as a young person today is not easy. We know that. But Father God, we know that they're looking to you. And I pray, Lord, that you will give them the strength not to give in to the things that the world is telling them to give in to, but to stick to what you're calling them to do, to be true and faithful and loving. And I pray, Father God, that you will, you will raise young leaders from this group here that will change this world because they didn't fall for their feelings. Lord, let us not listen to Satan. Help us to be strong and to look to you. And we just want to thank you, Father God, for who you are and what you've done. We don't thank you for the things you can do for us. We thank you for the thing you've already done for us on the cross, Lord Jesus, that you died for us and that our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west, that we are yours and we belong to you and no one can take that away. Nothing can take us away from your arms that enfold us. And we thank you this evening, Lord, for this time we could spend together. And we just want to say, Father God, we love you. We love you. You are our our King, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for not giving in to your feelings. Because when you went to Gethsemane, you said, Father, if this cup can pass me by, you didn't feel like dying, but you didn't give in to it because you knew what the result would be. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being faithful and not giving in to your feelings. Help us to do the same. Thank you for this amazing time together, Lord. And now as we go our separate ways, I pray, Father God, that you will be with us, that you will keep us, that your face will shine upon us and that we will always remain faithful to you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.